0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Wayback Chronicles podcast. My name is Steve McKelkey, and I'm here with my lifelong friends, Keith Abbott and Noel Kirsch. As you recall, in this podcast, we cover all the greatest events from 1970 to current.
1: So in this episode, we're going to be talking about TV in uh, 2008. So uh, Keith, take it away. Thanks, Noel. And
2: thank you, Steve, for that introduction. And yeah, definitely 2008 was a, I would say, a, the start of a transformational period of television. And I think we can all say that there is an, and we talked about this even in the music episode. There's an abundance of entertainment in the world of TV through, you know, TV shows that are on regular channels, on cable streaming. It's, it's all over the place. And I can say that really upon doing research in 2008, this was really a pivotal year to way to to having people change their mindset about what they felt was good television entertainment. And really, I alluded this to in the movie episode, even though it didn't really affect movies, but it really started as the result of a strike that the East and West unions of the Writers Guild of America started in late 2007 and into the beginning of 2008. So they were trying to negotiate a new three-year contract uh, with the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers. Um, the it the, kind of halted and they had a hundred day stalemate. Um, and during that time, there were twelve thousand TV film writers that went on strike. So if you can imagine twelve thousand writers for all sorts of television shows stopped writing entertainment. And we're talking not just for the regular shows, we're talking for late night talk shows. And now, Jay Leno was different. He wrote his own. But um, most of these late night talk shows, all of these people were massively affected by this. And so it, and it made sense. Like some of these strikes is about money, obviously. But this one made a lot of sense because if you recall kind of what you were talking about, Steve, there was a big transformational pivot away from just watching TV in your living room on a television set to being able to be more mobile. And the the technology that we've spoken about has, has started evolving, and people are starting to take their entertainment with them instead of going to a set area to watch this. And so that was a lot of what this was about was – the the big companies were getting all the money from these streaming shows and these writers were not getting any credit any revenue from any of this and so they really had to strike to make sure that what they were doing they were receiving their worth in all forms of media and so during that time they, they no longer term took work in terms of television that meant there were no new scripted episodes available for networks to air besides commissioned before the strike more than 60 tv shows shut down as a result ratings and ad sales plummeted by December 2007, you know most of the scripted series were off the air and not set to return for months. So starting into the years of 2008, so and and then in addition to that, and I'll go into some of these that were affected later, there were a ton of shows that were had to have a bridge seasons and hmm. um, and didn't get to finish a lot of things. And one in particular, and Noel, you and I talked about this one uh, early last week, and one I haven't seen but you're passionate about. Something happened as a result of that show that actually changed the course of that show because of, because of this. But anyway, late night programming all but disappeared. Even the golden globes were canceled this year. So there wasn't even golden globes for this year. So in total, Mm -hmm. the state of California, which the reason this is important is because that's where a lot of this entertainment comes from. But in total, the state of California cost, it was about a $2 billion cost to California. Resulting the strike, thirty seven thousand seven hundred jobs were lost because of this. Um, so big, big deal in the entertainment mm-hmm. world. But you know, th- again, there's larger interest at stake, just uh, other than money. You know, we were again used to watching shows and movies and theaters and TV and designated times, fixated in our in our home. But you know, with the new kind of viewing experience through streaming video, you know, industry experts predicted that this new media, quote unquote, content distributed online and viewed on computers, cell phones, and other dividers. Here's a funny quote. They were afraid that they were going to replace the DVD. Here's a loose flash. Oh. They <laughs> wow. did right. They yeah. did spoiler deal. But anyway, so the big studios, initially MGM, Sony Warner brothers, and Disney, they took home almost all of the profits of this new media content while the writers had no financial compensation for it. So mm. it made sense. These are the people who are bringing this entertainment out and they weren't getting compensated. So that's why this strike came to be. So mm. just to give you an idea, that that's in, an important segue to what happened in the, in the world of TV. So the strike offend, officially ended on February 12th, so early in the year, but um, you know, and, and it was good. They got a piece of the digital revenue and everything. But, you know, it it caused other really strange circumstances uh, to go to go out through this. And so, you know, you, you think about what happened as a result of that. So scripted televisions were completely forced to take a hiatus. There was nothing going on. So what can you guess what kind of emerged? What was the media that people started watching? Do you have any idea? On-demand? YouTube? Well, not necessarily. I mean, it was still growing, kind of like Steve alluded to, but this was the time for reality TV to start oh, coming into yeah, place. Yeah, yeah. And, and why no not? Script. No, no script. Yeah. Right. There was no need for a, stri- a script. So it was easy programming. You you let the film run and let these yahoos do what they need to do, you know? Mm-hmm. And that was entertainment. And And ironically- That was entertainment that people were. I mean, you think about it. How many more um, firefighter show? I mean, they're they're the same thing regurgitated in a new era. And so this new kind of programming was so super unique to folks. You know,
1: regurgitated.
2: Thank you, regurgitated. I mean, that's a thing. Look it (laughs) up in Webster. Right. Anyway, (laughs) give it a couple of years. I just submitted it. Anyway, so you know, but but things like Project Greenlight, Undercover Boss, Project Runway, all of these things had a a little bit of. slight impact on the reality TV things that that came out back in the early 2000s, like the advent of Survivor, Who -hmm. Wants to Be a Millionaire, Big Brother, all of these things. So so while the Writers Guild were were pausing this program, pre-programmed scripting, people started getting more fascinated with reality TV and Mm -hmm. the fact that people, everyday people were embarking on these, these crazy things. And so it was important, but the, the most important thing was the audience's embrace of a new genre of entertainment beyond what we were used to, on you know seven, eight, and nine PM Monday through Friday, right? Mm-hmm. So, so that was really what I thought was really interesting about this transition. And so, just to kind of go through one, a couple of the the big programs for that year. If you look at the two thousand and seven, two, so again, like TV goes, there's like a fall to 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 spring, right? So the mm-hmm. two thousand and seven, two thousand eight, uh, of the top fifteen shows, um, eight. Of them were non scripted by writers, but either reality or sports based shows. So if you wow. look at the, the first five, the number one through five top rated shows were American Idol Tuesday, American Idol Wednesday, and Dancing with the Stars Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday. Those wow. were the top five viewings of the year. And then all reality, after that, shows. All reality yeah. Yeah. shows, right? Desperate Housewives, CSI, House, Grey's Anatomy came in through the six through nine. But then Sunday Night Football was in there, which football is always a big deal. But then you also have a thing called the Moment of Truth, which was a, another type of reality show that came in. And then Survivor and Two and a Half Men tied for 15. So if you hmm. think about it, more than half of the top 15 shows of that year were reality. And going into 2008 and 2009, of the top 10, five of the top 10 were also reality-based and the top three were. So American Idol Mm -hmm. still hung on. Wednesday and Tuesday programming for American Idol were number one and number two. Dancing with the Stars was number three, Uh, followed by four and five that was CSI and NCIS. And then number six was a new show called The Mentalist. Um, And then Dancing with the Stars uh, on the Tuesday night was seven. And then Sunday Night Football was number eight, followed by Desperate Housewives and and Grey's Anatomy, who had a long run. But interesting, isn't it? Because Mm -hmm. you you look at what was really capturing people's attention and it wasn't necessarily these highly paid actors, these highly paid writers. They were everyday people doing things, you know, and Dancing with the Stars. Yes. I mean, we had actors, but it certainly wasn't a scripted show. These were just people that enjoyed and, and it makes me wonder, like, was, was this dancing of the stars thing, did it kind of emerge because they didn't have work? You know, it's mm-hmm. things that I'm not really, I didn't research this, so I don't know this, but it makes you wonder in the back of your head. How did some of these actors yeah. get into these other
1: realms? You Just know, they they may not have been otherwise interested, or, yeah. or you know, in doing something right. like that. But hey, absent any work, I mean, it makes, yeah. it makes logically, I think it could make sense. You so. never
2: know how long a strike's going to last, anything of yeah. that sort. So why not try something to keep you relevant and uh, and in the forefront of people's minds? So yep. pretty interesting stuff. So um, new shows that that came out in two thousand eight and two thousand nine. Noel, you'll know this one, uh, and you were shocked that I'd never seen it, but Breaking Bad. So oh, that man. was the the Jeez. number one rated new show that came out this year that year. Uh, I I can honestly say I've never I've never watched I love it that show. again. I'm not a sit down and watch TV kind of person, but mm. that is one show I would love to watch because everybody I talk to is like I cannot believe you haven't watched that. You Steve, know? Have,
1: Steve, have you watched it?
0: Oh yeah, I mean we watched we watched all of it plus Better Call Saul.
1: Yeah,
0: but but I tell you it's funny like those shows Ray Donovan um, Ozarks. Yeah. Well, it Totally ruined me on reality. So now I can't drive past a successful dry cleaner without saying, don't, tell my wife, hey, they're l- laundering money in there. It's you a part. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's uh, there's I, no legit business anymore. I, I,
1: I don't I don't think I really appreciated good like writing uh until I watched Breaking Bad. Um the the and I didn't really understand or I didn't understand like good character development too. Like Character development and story writing, or, or two things that I really I really gain an appreciation for by watching Breaking Bad, because both of those are out of this world on on uh, on that series. And um, man, it is it's good. If if it's not something you want to sit down and watch with the family, right? Um, you know, it, it's certainly not for kids. There's some gruesome parts, especially in that first season. Um, some, of, I mean, the whole thing is about drug manufacturing and everything uh but but it is so so good and i I, during the pandemic i mean i i mean all of us were like like i think a lot of people were like glued to netflix and trying to find things Mm -hmm. to just watch and and um i i watched that entire series and um i also wait like years and years after something's been released i won't watch it till the seasons, like the whole thing is done. Right. Cause I can't stand just like, you know, tune in next year for the next series. I'm like, I can't do that, man. I got to right. wait, yeah. wait till yeah. it all out. So yeah. Yeah. I can watch it all together. I'm a binge watcher deluxe, but that is, it is a great, it is a great show. Um, like it not family entertainment by any means, but man, it's so, so good.
2: So here's, here's an interesting kind of segue from that strike and how it could affect something. So breaking bad was one of those shows that mm-hmm. was definitely impacted. And I don't know this, but you'll appreciate this, right? So the strike cost fans two episodes of the first season. And and those last two episodes of the first season, the writers were supposed to kill Hank Schrader off.
1: Oh. And, wow. and, okay. and but
2: they didn't because of the Brighter Strike doing so. So they decided to keep him around. I okay. have no idea what that means, but to, to seeing Y'all's expressions, that's probably a big deal.
0: Yeah. Right? Yeah. He he had to be there at the end. He did. Okay, yeah. so and, interesting and, how that and, changes things, huh?
1: And his character was one of those. One, there were so many different characters in there, and then that was um, like just such a such a great, just a great character. I won't I'm, if you've never you haven't seen it, so I won't ruin it for you. But really oh, really? Definitely.
2: That again, that's one of those things I need to go and watch that just to appreciate because I know a lot of people. You know, yeah. I, and and the thing is, I, I've also heard a lot of things about Game of Thrones, but I also heard about yeah. how horribly that ended. Like yeah. the last season was terrible, but I've yeah. heard this one is a perfect ending, and so it, I want to I want to see it. So it yeah. leaves it
1: leaves no issues unresolved. That that's, that's the, one, awesome. the it's one of the it's it's like a it's a true mark of good writing when there's no lingering questions. There's no is it coming right. back. It's no it, it's just everything gets resolved, that's and awesome. uh, it's pretty it's pretty good that's cool. Yeah.
0: That's that's sort of, I mean, that's bad endings was how Ozarks ended. I don't know if y'all watched that, but yes, I mean, it it left you thinking they, they can continue this if they want to, Yeah, but because, you know, but they didn't exactly, you know, wrap it up. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Crazy. Yeah. That's wild. Breaking bad is not that way. And the, the, just to show you how good the character development is on those, they've spun off and, and they've had, I've heard that. uh, Yeah. And, and it, they've, those spinoffs have been really, really good series too, because they set those characters up with such depth that they carried a whole series by themselves. So that's it's wild. it's really it really is something. It's a really really great series. That's but awesome. I'll I'll shut up about no, it. No, that's but. good. No, I, that's what I, I wanted. That
2: dialogue because I knew you yeah. were really passionate about that show and uh, wanted to just kind of. I thought it was really interesting how the writers strike massively influenced the outcome of that show. And like I said, I don't know it, but I do know that character was integral. So it yeah. was kind of crazy to think that yeah. that changed the entire course of one of the biggest and best shows in history of, of writing. Right. Yeah. So yeah. other movie, other shows that came out uh, fringe uh, that was around for 2008 to 2013 sons of anarchy um, true blood, the mentalist and, um, so basically it's a famous psychic that outs himself as fake and starts working as a consultant for a California Bureau of Investigation so he can find a red john a madman who killed his wife and daughter. So mm-hmm. pretty pretty big thing. Uh, I alluded to the in the movie series the Star Wars Clone Wars, well this started the animated series that to this day you talk about, you know, if you're looking at the Star Wars side of things, the writing of the of these shows um, it was, it went from tw- 2008 to 2020 and there's, there's still spinoffs of this show continuing even this year. So big, big, big time writing, wow. wow. um, other leverage was another, uh, show that started in, in 2008. Um, there was a spinoff or a repeat of 90210, um, hmm. that was, that would, it went on from 2008 to 2013, certainly not the incentive yeah. or the, the the massive hit of the original but still kind of a spin-off of that um, yeah. so so there were some really really pretty good programming that came out during that year um but really and I've got to go back to you know the 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 reality shows changed so much including a lot of a lot of daytime programming because as the reality shows started getting big winners the game shows, Started going, we need an incentive Mm. to, and I, and like I said, while I was researching this, I was like, well, this makes so much sense because there were ridiculous amounts of million dollar prizes in game shows that were introduced this year because they were trying to keep relevant in their realm of attracting everyday people than these Mm -hmm. big primetime things did. So Hmm. just just to give you an example. So on January 4th of this year, Jason Luna becomes the first program of of one versus 100, the first and only $1 million winner in one versus 100. It was during the second season premiere title, Battle of the Sexes, Hmm. February 22nd. The, the first episode that Drew Carey hosts, The Price is Right on CBS, Adam Rose becomes the first million dollar winner at $1,153,908 in cash and prizes won. Wow. Then the next month, Michael Haynes, a former contestant on the game show Press Your Luck, wins $1.127 million on a Price is Right episode. So not even a month later, there's $2 million winners on The Price is Right. Wow. And then on April 4th, CBS is, has uh, Cynthia Azevedo becomes the third and final million dollar winner on The Price is Right with a total winnings of $1,089.17 dollars 17 So and in that same episode another contestant wins an $88,000 Dodge Viper on a <sighs> oh. Okay. So and, and so and then, as of May seventh of this year, they decided to cancel the million dollar win because yeah, of but a budget problems. You think? <laughs> yeah, so yeah. yeah, and then so then keep going though. September first, a lady named Jessica Robinson becomes the program's first of two, by the way, winners million dollar winners in NBC's Deal or No Deal during the million dollar yeah. admission special. Nearly two months later, on October twenty ninth. Uh, Winno Rodriguez became the second million dollar winner after Rodriguez opened the last non million dollar pre- briefcase before the final deal. And then mm. the 26th season of Wheel of Fortune premiered with a new wedge that they decided to add in their thing that million was dollars. a million dollar bonus round. Right. <laughs> yes. And then and then so that happens on the 26th of September. And then on the fourteenth of October, Michelle Lowenstein becomes the first million dollar winner winner in the wheel of fortune, winning a million twenty-six dollars and eighty cents. So I mean wow. it just goes on and on. And and it's like you know that this is all spawning. From mm-hmm. this writers' grill, guild transitioning to people having an interest in reality TV, and oh, wow, what would it be neat to win a million dollars? And then they're luring this
1: idea on these game shows. So it's so, and I
2: never put this together. I, I never did, did either. Yeah.
1: I, that, no. that, makes, that makes sense. We lay it out like that. Yeah. You're like, yeah. Everybody was like, hey, wait a second. Everybody wants to see somebody. I can, if I can watch this show and see somebody playing for a million dollars or watch this show, watching, you know, playing for, a, a Ford Pinto or something that's going to win exactly. You know, hey, wait—they're they're giving away a Viper. I want to watch and see yeah, that. So. Exactly, it's yeah, a new spatula, not the same. You know, yeah, right.
2: It,
0: it's uh, <laughs> but yeah, City. It is a clever strategy. To think about because there wasn't a lot of sympathy if I recall. Think back to 2008 and the and the screenwriters uh, strike. We weren't feeling sorry for them. No, and, and uh, just for <laughs> like whenever the major league baseball goes on strike, whatever we're like, hey, you know, sorry, you know, we make mm-hmm. you know a hundred thousand dollars a year at the most in a family, right. and and you're upset about not making ten million dollars this year, and right? So there yeah. wasn't a lot of sympathy from us, so mm-hmm. to that was smarter them them to be able to get people excited about watching especially daytime yeah. TV
1: she, uh, it was you know though it's uh, it's it's not the it's not the athletes that get hit the hardest it's the concession stand workers yep. who aren't working and not you know, not able to take home a paycheck those are the ones that those are the people that get hit the hardest mm-hmm. i mean mm-hmm. the millionaires yeah. are just sitting on a different they're sitting on an island somewhere same for the Hollywood actors. I mean, it's all the people that the staffers that um, do all the menial hourly jobs that were were hurt the most, but it's it's true. But
2: I I also, I I guess of all of the strikes, this one seemed really relevant more so than most to me, because if you think about if they never would have stood up for themselves, think about all of the revenue, all of the writing they're doing for all of Netflix. Mm -hmm. I mean, Hulu, all of these streaming shows, they wouldn't have any Money yeah, coming from any yeah. of this stuff, and yeah, so yeah. to me, I'm like, this one. Makes as much sense. As I hate the strike thing, yep. I, I see why they did it, but it's yep. so funny how it evolved. And not intentionally, but evolve into a whole new thing. And yep. and yes, I mean, program television is coming back around. We love it thing. We've talked about Ted Lasso. We've talked about breaking bad. Mm-hmm. We've talked about, uh, I mean, stranger things, all of these, there's some outstanding shows coming back around that, that the writers are being brilliant. And we talked about this too. I think 2020 is going to blow up some new neat things um, just from the time people had to, to think and write. Um, Mm -hmm. so, so I'm thankful that they did this so they can still think of a reason to have creative process for all of us in a way, but that short term, you're right, Steve, I I was just wanting to have something entertaining. Come on, get over it.
0: Right.
2: So it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Interesting though stuff. So, so just a few other things, um, that came around this year that I thought were noteworthy February 17th, um, the conversion of NTSC or analog channels to digital channels, uh, began Hmm. in the United States. So TV stations were making last minute filings and intentions about when they'd start their switchover. Uh, February 17th, 2009 was supposed to be the mandatory date to switch to, to digital, but this was the year that they started that, um, that conversion. So pretty interesting. That's man. when
0: everybody had to have those converter boxes. Yeah.
2: And yeah. it's funny enough because the U S government at the same time starts mailing out $40 coupons and rebates for consumers to use <laughs> and buying those digital TV converters before the switchover. So yeah, it's funny. You, you, you read my mind or my script or something. So definitely. <laughs> Here's another thing that I didn't realize came out and this bridges back to the 1984 episode. So, did you all know that there was a new Knight Rider movie and TV series that was created in 2008? No. And Kit was a Ford Mustang. Oh, who who do you no. think? I, I, here's who do you think was the voice of Kit? I want you to see if you could guess. You will never in a, I, I was blown away when I found this out. And let me just throw it out there. Val Kilmer
1: Oh, really? wow. So,
2: Val, Val Kilmer was the voice of a Mustang kit. Is I that going to guess
1: Sean
0: Connery. Yeah, yes. I just will, this, this vessel reacts well to bullets. One anyway. ping. One ping only.
2: <laughs> <laughs> one of the greatest movies of all time, right there. Oh, it really is. Oh, man. So. So, so we yeah, digest. Okay. Yes, we do. And we like digesting, so it's good. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so that wasn't a very big hit. Obviously, none of us know about it, but I thought it was interesting that Val Kilmer voiced Kid in a new series. So That is interesting. Um, so February 24th, the Academy Awards receives its lowest viewership ratings in history. Um, Disney Channel celebrates 25 years of being on the air. I didn't realize it had been that old uh, on wow. April 18th. Um, here we go, August 11th, Sesame Street. I don't know why this is important, but Sesame Street is broadcast in high def for the first time. <laughs> So there you go. Um, So, getting in the political landscape, though, uh, Barack Obama airs a thirty-minute infomercial that airs on CBS, NBC, Fox, BET, Univision, MSNBC, and TV One. The infomercial is seen by thirty-three point six million people, million Mm. households. Pretty impressive way of using television to to stir an audience, right? For an election. Um, On November 4th, CNN, I thought this was interesting. CNN becomes the first channel in history to use hologram technology on television. During the 2008 United States presidential election, CNN's Jessica Yellen becomes the first person ever to be transmitted via hologram to to, to broadcast a, a, a report. Pretty off
1: that. Yeah. Huh.
2: yeah. And, and here's the the final like little interesting tidbit. I thought this was really cool. So the the uh, the television channel WBQC CA in Cincinnati, Ohio, asks the FCC permission to change its call sign to WKRP in honor of the <laughs> television series that was set in the city. And I googled it. It's there to this day. Did it? Now. Is it really? That's, that's yeah, cool. Really
1: that got granted.
2: Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So, so pretty neat. So, lots of neat milestones. And then, like I said at the end, I just wanted to kind of show you the impact of this Writers Guild strike. So, we talked about The Breaking Bad. Um, you remember the show Lost? Lost had just aired eight episodes from its fourth season when the strike began, and it only had a month break. But the season lost two episodes in total. Um, prison Break, the third season of the show, saw an extremely shortened season, only having thirteen episodes instead of twenty-two. Uh, Y'all are familiar with 30 Rock. Uh, They Mm -hmm. only had 10 10 episodes in its second season before breaking. Um, And so those were all shorter than expected. Uh, ER in its 14th run had a shortened season. Chuck, the show stopped January 24th, 2008 and didn't resume until the fall. And that season was even cut short. Mm -hmm. So um, Big Bang Theory, uh, it was put on hold for four months. The first season it was on the air. So it only got 17. It's at first 22 planned episodes. Done. That's a good show. It's a yeah. great show. I highly yeah. recommend anybody to see that. It's so yeah. good.
1: The, the, the Sheldon Cooper uh, kid went, uh, I forgot what that's called now, but yeah, um that's really good too like the prequel to to, oh, yeah. to that is is good young, too. young Sheldon it's good stuff. yeah young Sheldon there you yeah. go there you
2: go uh, we've talked a lot about family Guy between us uh, that series only had <laughs> nine nine of its 22 completed episodes that season um, Friday Night lights which I'm in the Permian area and even though it's not based on that high school but it was a spin-off series from the show in the book uh, but the second season of the show ended in a cu- huge cliffhanger and seven of the 22 episodes NBC ordered weren't even made. So, oh, wow. and the third season returned eight months after the show had to be halted due to the strike. So it goes, on. I mean, I could go on and on, but there was just a lot of things. The Office, uh, the US version of the sitcom missed 11 episodes due to the strike wow. and, and had a five month break between four and five seasons. So it just goes wow. on and on and on as to how many things that this, this really impacted. Hmm. So, you know, but again, back to the way that people started transitioning their minds to watch, watch media, um, a lot of this thing flowed why? Because of technology and things that happened by just pure happenstance in the world that we're in. Pretty fascinating to me. Yeah. So yeah, that's, I just wanted to kind of share that rundown of TV with you. And uh, I hope that that's been enjoyable. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, I don't watch daytime TV anymore, but I was curious, you know, are there still soap operas on today? And sure enough, uh, General Hospital is still around. Gosh. Uh, Days of Our Lives is still around. The Young wow. and the Restless is still around and the Bold and the Beautiful. And God. those are the only four daytime soap operas in existence now. So. Wow.
1: They they must have been on like by a hundred years by now. I oh, mean oh gosh. easily. Yeah. It's crazy. But, but even... I I mean what I don't know. It'd be interesting. I don't I don't I don't care about any of that stuff, but be interesting to see how many like actors and actresses like that are big have started there or have had some stint mm-hmm. on that. And you almost think that like maybe that's where they get their Maybe that's where they get their experience, you know, like you may be like Joey on Friends, the Dr. Dr. Drake. Right. Ramore, you know, yes, <laughs> that was real. Yeah, you know, sure. Yeah, I don't know.
2: No, but you're probably, I mean, I think, isn't that kind of where George Clooney and some of those guys yeah. like, started on daytime, and, and, yeah. you know? Uh, oh. Dung the Restless type shows. So yeah. yeah, it's, it's interesting, but, you know, and yeah. I'm sure there, I mean, if they're still out, there's gotta be still a pretty huge following of those, uh, but uh,
1: yeah, you just don't hear about
2: them as much. You hear more about the, the daytime talk shows more than you hear mm-hmm. about the soaps anymore. And my, at least that's, that's my perspective yeah. uh, my perception mm-hmm. of it. So interesting. So, Good well, stuff. that, that wraps stuff. up the TV um, and the individual drawings of 2008. But we are going to at least probably have a couple more episodes that will be mashup episodes because there's a lot, you know, 2008, mm-hmm. we, we've talked about some crazy things, but we haven't even gotten into the crazy. Let's be honest. Yeah. Of 2008, of
1: There there was a lot. And there were some historic events, too, that happened in 2008 that we, we should talk about. But, um, I mean, it, you know, it was a... It was an interesting year from a lot, lot of from a lot of angles and like mm-hmm. world events. Is something we definitely need to talk about because, like I said, there was some there was some history made there, yep. um, and uh, some banks crashed and some some uh, ceilings were broken. I guess um, yeah. and politics and things and and so definitely something that we should we should definitely revisit in the mashup. Definitely. Yeah.
2: So kind of to what what we're planning on doing is we have uh, our season wrapping up. We're, we're going to end our season with um – this 2008 mashup. And then we're just going to have kind of a summary and a preview of what's to come in season two. And we've got some different programming that's going to be coming up in season two that we'll highlight in our our preview special to come up in our summary. So looking forward to kind of um, not necessarily changing the direction, but just kind of enhancing the direction of the show uh, based on some feedback from you, our listeners. So thank you. And and just some different ideas that we've decided to kick around with some of our um, listeners that are really passionate about what we're talking about and want to yeah. share their stories. We're excited yeah. about. That. I
1: there's a couple things I want to want to say that um, I've had a couple couple conversations with some of our some of our listeners, um, and, and it's kind of weird. I was sharing this with you guys. Like, um, there's a friend of mine that I hadn't talked to in ten over ten years, and uh, reconnected with him because I invited him to like our page. And he reached out to me and was like, Hey man, I haven't heard from you in a long time. I like your podcast. Let's grab lunch or grab breakfast. So we went and had breakfast this week and he was telling me about some people that he's shared the podcast with. And, um, I just wanted to thank him for reaching out and, uh, and sharing the stories that he shared with me. And that I shared with you guys about how people are listening to our podcast and, and, you know, really it's just the three of us hanging out and, and having fun and um to hear that uh he's sharing it with people and and they're enjoying it mm-hmm. it's 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 really cool and uh some of the people that it, uh he was telling me about you know going through some rough times and you know that's what this is all about is it's to give you kind of a break from the day you know yeah. to take your mind off things maybe if you're if you're driving to work or wherever you're going to give you something different to listen to versus what you probably listen to on the radio that may not be very beneficial to you. Um, you know, it's something different. So it's just, it's very gratifying to hear that, um, people are enjoying what we're doing here. I am blown away by the number of people that are downloading and. And leaving comments on Facebook, on Facebook and stuff like that. We really do love that and yeah. just encourage that. And um I'm real excited about season two and some of the things where we'll we talk about doing and, and having uh people on here and stuff is I think is really exciting. So there's a lot brighter days ahead even. So it's really cool stuff, guys.
2: It really is, and and th- that's right, Noel, to, to summarize what you're saying, I mean, if you just look at the, not not just even the downloads, but the, the locations of our listeners, um, mm-hmm. we, we have had uh, listeners from at least half of the United States, the states yeah. of the United States, listening to us, including Alaska. And we used to be able to blame that on Steve when he lived there, but we can't anymore. <laughs> um, yeah. so, so that's fantastic, and, yeah. and not only that, but globally. Um, you know, we've had listeners from the United States, Mexico, Albania, Canada, the United Kingdom, Germany, the Netherlands, France, Honduras, Algeria, Italy, Romania, and somebody in the Virgin Islands. Thank you to whoever you are. Yeah, so, it. yeah, it's, it's, it. uh, it's, it's fun. This is stuff that makes people at least makes us smile. And that's what we were hoping is just, just to give somebody a place to have some peace and smile and think about good times. And that's what we're hoping right. about. That's right. Well, thanks to everyone so, who's listened. Yeah,
1: I would absolutely. say thank you, but I don't know. I don't know how to say thank you in all those different Guten Tag. Or there no, you that's, go. That's good day. <laughs> that's good day. And, and Guten <laughs> Tag to, to you chair. Why not? Guten <laughs> <laughs> Tag. Guten Tag. Good day. Yeah.
0: That's
1: good. <laughs> no. Thanks to each of you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: <laughs> yeah
1: it's good stuff so um, I, I guess we'll wrap up and next time we talk we'll be doing a mashup on uh on the uh, good old 2008 and looking forward to it guys and and uh keith great job on yeah, 2008 tv again um, we got to
2: thank the Wayback chronicles research department as always
1: hey man eller eller team there they're all stars. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, we'll, uh, we'll wrap this up. So uh, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll, we'll check in with you guys next time. See you way back soon. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Wayback Chronicles. All shows are written and produced by Noel keith and steve massive thanks to those who made these memories possible for us through the years all songs sounds and effects have been attributed in the comments section and through links listed on waybackchronicles.podbean.com we look forward to taking you way back again in the very near future